Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to the kitchen table. I'm so glad you're here this week as we kind of finish this first of the year series about what does it mean? What does it look like to understand that you are a mother chosen by God right in the space and time that you are a mother for the children that you mother, but you are invited to walk with him to become a warrior in your motherhood? What does it mean to understand that actually that's what I'm calling you and what I believe that Jesus truthfully is the one calling us to stand up and become, to become warriors in a world where we are fighting more and more for truth, for what is right, for leading our children towards Jesus and not towards the echoes of the world that say, you're not enough, or this will make you enough, or this is the best way. But instead, how do we, with discernment, with um, boldness, with confidence, parent our children, locked into the gospel, knowing the gospel never changes, but also knowing that God promises to walk with us every step of the way. That's what we've been doing And this is the last in the series. And I want you to understand that it's last, but I think it's probably one of the more significant ones. Because you can do everything that we've talked about so far. You can understand the gospel. You can understand your identity in the gospel. You can understand that God within you is at work moving and and emboldening you and stretching you and calling you to stand up to fight and engage both in what is raging against you, the lies that are coming against you, and to stand firmly in the gap for your children who don't have wisdom and discernment yet. Like you can understand the warrior within. You can be really good in the word, like you can love the word and be in the word. But I want to encourage you that if you don't understand the power of being a warrior mother in community with other mothers walking in the same way, then you will miss it long-term. And the reason I know that is because scripture tells us this, that we have an enemy that is prowling around looking to destroy us. Time tells us this. Time after time, what the enemy loves to do in his first tactic that he uses as he begins to move in to destroy and to lie and discourage and cause, whether it's apathy or anger or anything, 
what he will do is he will begin to isolate. It's one of his primary methods. Why? Well, look at any predator on the planet. I think that's why scripture calls him, in essence, likens him to a predator. But look at any predator on the planet. How do any of them hunt? They hunt by isolating first, and then they chase down, and then they destroy. We need the power of a gospel-based community surrounding us. We need that body corporately, like a big body for lots of people to be engaged in. And then you and I individually also need a gospel-based community. Why? Because I need the truth of the gospel poured into me, poured over my life. Because when I am slammed with doubt and fear and discouragement or shame, when those things compounding at my, just pounding on me during the course of a day, the truth of Jesus's redeeming work at the cross will cover those lies with his victory. But most times I can testify, I cannot remember to tell myself the truth of Jesus's work at the cross. And I lack the ability to see how it actually works in this moment with my kids driving me crazy because somebody is colored on the wall and another one won't stop crying this afternoon. I don't know why they just won't stop crying. And then I have a teenager who is just stomping around and fussy hearted. Like when that's all happening, I don't know how Jesus relates there. I know he does. Like if I stop long enough, I'm going, I'm sure you do, Lord. But I need the pouring out of someone else. And you need the pouring out of someone else that says, let me assure you. Not not only does Jesus love you right here in this big mess, mom. But not only does he love you, not only does he love your kids. That's, that's honestly, that's great. But most days when I'm in complete chaos like that, I need more. But I need that woman to say to me, let's talk about how Jesus meets the need of a child, a baby who won't stop crying. Let's talk about how Jesus meets your need when you're trying to figure out how to talk to and discipline a toddler who doesn't even seem to care that there are rules in the house and they shouldn't color on the wall. And I mean, these are real stories in our house and real moments. So they're there, but they're there because it was in those days that I most represented what I think a lot of us in motherhood do. So what was happening to me in those days when everything was coming undone, my natural tendency was not to reach out to anyone else. I, number one, felt too busy to reach out to me. I was, oh my gosh, my whole house could burn down by the time. But if I get on a phone or get on a text with anybody, these these kids could wipe out this whole house. I've got to maintain order. And I'm not kidding. There are days like that. But also, 
I didn't want to tell anybody what was going on in my house because I was embarrassed. I mean, what in the world? Why don't I know why my baby won't stop crying? Why can't I get this toddler to just do what is right? All my friends' toddlers seem to be able to, like, they're handling theirs much better. I seem to have the one that's the holy terror. Why can't I speak to my teenager in a way that is life-affirming? Why does it always end up in arguments or just non-communication where they're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, no. And so reaching out to another is very threatening. That's, That's just me being very honest. I need to be able to handle this. Let me get everything in order. Then maybe I'll talk to somebody. Then maybe I'll let somebody know this has been happening, but I need to get it reined in first. And goodness gracious, the last one that would limit me would also be the feelings of just shame. Because linked to the baby who's always crying and the toddler who's just scribbled all over the walls and the sulking teenager is the fact that inside of all that, my response was really horrible. And I lost my mind because I, the baby, I could not handle the baby screaming any longer. And then I walked around the corner and saw what the toddler had done. And then I asked the teenager to help me figure out how to clean it. Or could you rock the baby? And the teenager didn't want to be of any help. And I literally lost my mind. Now I'm ashamed. I can't talk about what my kids are doing without also opening the door to the fact that I'm lost in all of this. I don't know what to do. And the enemy's pounding me with the thoughts of if everybody knew what was going on in your home, they would, they would be so disgusted. They would hate you. They would look at you with horror. They would never want to talk to you again. I mean, like you name the lie. It's been coming at me too over the years. We need the power of a gospel-based community. It is the way for Jesus' redeeming work to cover the lies. It has to be spoken out. And when you and I are weak, we cannot speak it out. I want to tell you a story. It's one of my favorite stories. You may have heard it on here because I absolutely love it. But it is actually a YouTube um, video shot long before any of us had iPhones. I think this thing was shot like on a true video camera. And it's called the Battle of Kruger, and you can find it on YouTube. But I love this story because I think it highlights the body of Jesus, the body of Christ, how we are to behave. So let me tell you the story. So there's these people, and they're on this um, safari. And I'm assuming it's in Africa. I guess it's close to Kruger. Kruger is maybe a place, or maybe it was a national park. I really don't know. But there are buffalo walking by the water. And they're um, a huge herd of buffalo, and buffalo walk in a herd where the lead buffalo are out in front, you know. And what they don't know, but that the people watching on the shore who at first were like, oh, look how amazing the buffalo are, is the people had scanned the shoreline, and they saw off to the right, and this camera was catching it, that there were also a big group of lions. And these lions knew the buffalo were coming. And so the people are recognizing all of a sudden, oh my goodness, these lions are crouching down. They're getting ready to hunt and we're going to watch them hunt. And you can hear people beginning to not feel comfortable with what they're watching. But the buffalo are walking to the water and all of a sudden the lead buffalo spot 
lions near the water. And it's like in that split second where they, they spot it and the lions begin to go, you know, and, and it just happens. And the buffalo literally turn tail and they are running right back up the hill from what they came. And the lions are just thundering right after them. And in the process, what you watch happen, they caught it on video. These lions cull a baby calf, a baby buffalo off of the herd. And they push this baby buffalo down the hill towards the water and they attack it. And in fact, these lions attack this baby calf and, and they roll it into the water as they're attacking it. And there's, I don't know, three or four lions on this one baby buffalo, like a lot. It's horrifying. You watch it and, you know, it's great to watch this with your kids, but just to remind them that that's going to be okay because it's horrifying. And in this process of the baby being attacked and rolling into the water by the lions, you watch this baby buffalo like struggling, trying to get out of the water, trying to get out. And these lions are just gnawing on it and doing whatever they do. And as you think, it can't get any worse. The lions are starting to pull that buffalo back up on shore, right? Because they don't want to be in the water either. And as they do this, They're pulling from the front of this baby buffalo and this huge crocodile leaps out of the water and snaps on to the back end of this baby buffalo. He's trying to steal the kill. So understand this. You have massive predators, two different species, all trying to eat the same baby. And remember, up on the shore, up on the hill above is the buffalo herd. And this whole time that your attention is drawn to what's happening with this baby, if you listen in the video, you can hear the, I guess it's like a mooing, like the calling noises of the buffalo. It's like they're calling for their, their, their little one. And they're just right there lining up on the hillside and they're almost watching it happen. And then slowly the most fascinating thing happens. And actually people have written in about it and they believe that they, that this is anti what Buffalo should normally do. Just remember that statement that this is against what normal things happen, but one or two of the big Buffaloes begin to walk down that hill. Now, as this is happening, this pulling and tugging is happening. Ultimately, the crocodile has to let go and he lets go. So he falls back into the water. So now we're down to the three or four lions that are all on top of this baby. And these buffalo, the first two come down this hill and then it's like they decide they're going to go for it. And they charge these lions eating their baby and they sling them off. And I mean, it's the most amazing thing to watch happen is you watch these Buffalo with their horns. They just sling these lions off of their baby. They sling them. And then not only do they sling them, but they chase them away. And as the last two lions are removed, the other Buffalo. So you've got these three or four, and I think two more Buffalo like join after the first two brave ones, three, two more join and they're busy slinging lions and then charging the lions back up in a different direction. And they charge them. And these lions are kind of charging back and they hold their ground. And they're like, uh-uh, not today. You are not doing this today. Now, while all that's happening, the rest of the buffalo herd circles this baby and 
tucks this baby back in. And that's the last on camera that you see that baby. Y'all, this is a story for us. Because we have many, and it may not be you today listening to this podcast, but we have many weak and young and baby and even just weary mamas. It doesn't even have to be a mom, just women. We have been through a pandemic that has been the hardest thing on our lives and on our souls. And I don't think we're at all in touch with what's happened to us. And we're very, most of us are even relaying. I hear it all the time. Women are much more comfortable just staying home. It's just easier to stay home. It's safer to stay home. It's not as complicated to stay home. And so we're becoming more and more isolated and we are struggling And we're struggling on the edge of either drowning by crocodile or being consumed by the lion. So we're either drowning in the weight of all our feelings and all of our fears and all of our anxieties, or we're absolutely allowing the enemy of our soul to consume us with his lies. And we're just laying there. And when we all stay separated, that woman gets consumed We only strengthen the destruction the enemy can bring. But we need to begin to function like those buffalo on the hill that decided not today. Not today. And we need to begin to go forward. And we need to do battle for our weaker friends. And then we need to battle with them. Because ultimately that baby buffalo had to get up on its own. On that video, he had to, there was nothing that anybody could do to get that buffalo up and nobody could tuck that buffalo in the herd except that buffalo had to stagger into the herd. And clearly that buffalo had to declare how hurt he or she was, how wounded they had become and how much they needed the strength of others. But you see, in the world we live in, it is not the norm to go chasing after the hurt woman or to have conversations that go, I need to know how your heart is today. I need to know how you're doing. I need to hear because I need to pray with you, for you, and over you. See, in the world we live in today, the norm is to rush by each other and go, hey, how you doing? You doing good? How are your kids? They good? Great. And keep going. The norm is to say, man, she looks like she's got it all together. She must be just, she's like the best mom. Y'all, we've got to understand that we have an enemy who is circling us. And some of us more than others. Because some of us are maybe easier. We're an easier target. But when we begin to say, no, we're going to stand firm against an enemy in prayer, in words of encouragement, in time, I'm going to stand in the gap for you. And we're willing to be at risk by doing that. Those buffalo that came down the hill, there was no guarantee they were going to live. That's why it was so against their nature to do what they did. But they did it. Because they were willing to be at risk. They were sober-minded and alert, which is scriptural 
God says, you go be sober-minded and alert. And to be sober-minded, it's nothing to do with alcohol. It totally has to do with understanding the cost and understanding what this is going to take and choosing to engage with wisdom and discernment. You see, God wants to be at work. He wants to be providing for us. And he does the healing and the restoration. But I believe he does it in community. When his gospel truth that Jesus Christ in grace redeemed you becomes not only what you say to yourself, but what people around you say to you because you're willing to stagger into the herd. And the herd can be one. I'm not saying go declare your dirty laundry to everybody in your church. But I am saying, I'm calling you to get hungry, to say to somebody, I am hurting. I hear lies about my, my motherhood, about what, how I should be, about how I am. I am struggling in this area. I'm struggling with this child. I need prayer. I need someone to intercede on my behalf. That is staggering into the herd. God does work. He does healing and he does restoration because that's what his gospel does. You see, to all of us who have been the baby buffalo, and there are some of you here today and you might be like, my friend is the baby buffalo right now. I've been it, but right now it's my friend. And and you're beginning to go, I need, man, I need to be the buffalo on the hill that runs down and starts slinging lions. I want you to know something. It's one of my favorite passages. 1 Peter 5, 10 through 11 says this, After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Now, do you know what this means? Let's break it down in two minutes. After you've suffered a little while, meaning you are going to walk through suffering and hard and scary and discouraging and just stuff. You are. You are. But here's the word of truth for you. The God of all grace. So we talked last week about understanding sanctification. And when we understand that we are no longer under shame and condemnation, but that we stand under grace and we are in the process with Jesus of being changed, of being made new. That's what sanctification is. That's what he's at work committed to do. That's the God of all grace, him. He has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. That's straight up gospel. That's just gospel. The only way for you to be in glory with him is in Christ. You know what he's going to do? He's going to restore you. He will confirm you. Understand what that word confirm means. It means that he declares you are his. He will strengthen you and he will establish you, which goes back to what we talked about last week. If you didn't listen last week and you made it this far in the podcast, go back and listen. But to be established in him is his work in you. He is at work growing your faith and making you stronger. The story of the baby buffalo I have done the research and the, this national reserve where it is, they know where that baby buffalo is. That baby buffalo survived. That baby buffalo is a grown up buffalo. 
And the last part of this verse, to him be the glory forever and ever. That's 1 Peter 5, 10 and 11. You and I need to be living in community where women are willing to charge the enemy with us and for us. But we need to be willing if we're the one who's being consumed or trying to be drowned. We need to be willing to say, I need help. I need help. His glory is in the messiness of our lives. When we allow his grace to extend to the margins of who we are, the stories we tell ourselves are incredibly important and we need to tell ourselves the gospel story because the gospel story fights off fear. It pushes off the imbalance of this world that says, if you can't get everything set up just right, you're no good. It it pushes that out. That's a lie. The gospel story fights overwhelm. It stops shame because we know we don't live under shame and it will not, it will not tolerate condemnation. Hebrews 3, 13 and 14 is where I want to end this. And I want this to be an anchor for you and for me. Are we called to do this to one another? Yes. Hebrews 3, 13 and 14. But exhort one another Every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Do you understand? We are easily hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Whether the sin is sin that we identify like lying and, and cheating and pridefulness and um, hatred and anger. Like we, some of these sins are easy to see. But truth of the matter is, there is sin that is all about just thinking about me and what I'm stuck in. And it will harden you. But what helps you? is to be exhorted by another. May we encourage one another while it is still called today because we will share in Jesus together and there is nothing better, my friend. Please reach out to me if you need community. We are starting a uh, warrior community Uh, for mothers where we can walk out these truths and figure out how to plow them through our lives in a way that is life-giving, life-affirming, that allows truths to be spoken to you, over you, in your life, and at the same time where you will find women who are rooted in the gospel story. Some of you I know are like, I don't know anybody else who thinks like this. And I want you to know, I want to pray for you. I would love for you to reach out to us. Come find me on Instagram. Come find me on Facebook. You can find me on my website. Send me an email. Number one, I want to pray for you. Number two, I want to help you get plugged into what we're doing. You want to be in this group of women. They will speak the gospel story over your life. May we exhort one another every day 
as long as it is called today, that we may not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, for we have come to share in Christ. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.